uh-uh. How did you get them to agree to this? Y'all gonna learn. I told you, I know how to make stuff happen. But management said we didn't have a budget. So, if you don't have a budget, you figure out another way. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So sit back, join me for today's podcast as we get into how to make life-fulfilling stuff happen. I'll see you on the flip. The recollection from the A part happened when I was working for a corporate job that I had been in for a little while. And there was a project that we wanted to do, but we didn't have a budget for it. And um, I don't know (laughs) why I took it upon myself to do this, but for whatever reason, I saw it as a challenge and I didn't know that what I was going to do was going to spark wisdom to come and start working with me on how to produce more of that. And so as I was meditating on what uh, are some of the wisdoms that will be useful to us now, that story came back to me. And I, I kind of chuckled because, as I said before, um, they told us we didn't have a budget. And we had actually gotten a new vice president of our division. And uh, she was just coming around to meet everyone. And for um, I, I took my chance. I was like, let me catch her before they, you know, can tell her to tell us no. And I made an appointment. I went and saw her. She approved it and we got it done. Um, and what I learned from that was that when you want to make things happen, when you want to change the trajectory of your life, you don't necessarily want to always look at the same thing that you've always done, nor do you want to always look at your limitations. You know, there's a saying that says, never argue for your limitations. They can do well on their own. And that was one of the things that I did not pay attention to. I didn't pay attention to the fact that they didn't have a budget because what I found was that wasn't necessarily the case. There was just a blanket statement for when someone did not want to have to justify figuring out how to help us to do something. We don't have the budget. And so another one of my sayings always is no means next. And so mm, I'm rubbing my hands together because I'm excited about this one. I really kind of want to share this with y'all. So because it's, uh, I want to cover a lot of stuff. I'm going to give you the major points that I want to touch on uh, as we get started. So um, in making stuff happen in your life. There are some t- some processes that um, I've received wisdom over that I'm going to share. So the first one is that there is a manifestation process. Now, before you roll your eyes, I want you to hear me out on this because it is a proven one. It's not, you know, some ethereal process that maybe you get it or maybe you don't. It's a real process that works. So I'm going to talk to you about that. Then I'm going to talk to you about where wisdom works in this and how you use wisdom 
to also strengthen the probability of you getting stuff to work and and to do things. Then we're going to talk about the stuff that most people, and I know I'm using that word stuff a lot, that most people think of when they talk about making stuff happen. And that has to do with things like plans. But we've got a different take on it as usual. So I'm going to get to you on that. Then I'm going to talk about three planes of existence that you need to make sure that you don't ignore, two phenomenon that you can use to shortcut and hopscotch your way to that, and then how to come up with that first, that one achievable starting action. All right? So that's what we're going to cover. Let's get to it. So the first one, your manifestation process. All right? It is... Like I said, it's it's something that you can do, you can replicate, and uh, I think half the battle is just basically knowing it. So here it is. It's actually just four parts, okay? First, there is a thought. So whatever you're wanting to make happen, it usually comes as a thought, an idea, or a different way of seeing how to accomplish something. Have you ever been in uh, your kitchen and grabbing a sandwich or cooking if you cook or whatever, and a thought comes to you, hey, maybe try this seasoning, or hey, maybe cook it this way, or hey, maybe mix this and that together. That is the thought that I'm talking about. It is that spark of ingenuity. It's that spark of imagination, of creation, and, and all the things that we use as kindling to ignite the manifestation process, all right? And so what if you know you have to start with a thought, but one is not just popping up in your head? Well, the next thing that you can do is you can pretend, imagine, or visualize. Yes. Uh, When I worked with people in um, a therapeutic uh, capacity, we did this all the time. Uh, there is an actual condition where people can't ha- a hold or construct mental images. And so we would just have, have them pretend. And to pretend is to future cast and put yourself into a realm of possibility where what you want or could want already exists. All right. So if you are have something that you want to accomplish, turn it into a thought pretend, imagine, or even visualize yourself having accomplished it. The one the, the one major thing that I want you to remember to do that before you roll your eyes is that the mental language is not a word. It's not even a symbol. It's a picture. And that is why we want to kick it off the right way with a thought that looks like either an image, an impression, or a feeling, or even if you attach it to a word or, or, you know, or a symbol, put some emotive feeling behind it. Hopefully, it's going to be a feeling of elation and all of those things, because that is part of the process, okay? So, we're going to start with thought, and like I said before, if you don't get this, this, um, inspiring thought. You can manufacture it by pretending, visualizing, imagining, and seeing yourself doing whatever it is that you want to accomplish. Okay. It doesn't take long. 
Just do that. The next part of the process is, is that then you want to trigger motivation. Now, motivation is action. It is the the uh, beginning. It's the purpose. It's the drive, the passion. It's the fire in your bones. So in order to trigger your motivation, your thought, your pretend uh, scenario, your vision, it needs to be something that is exciting enough to scare you a little bit. Yeah. It needs to be something that is new because you want your 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 brain, your body firing on how to make this work because we are actually programmed to solve. We 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 will loop until we figure out how to make something happen even when we're not thinking about it the subconscious is working on it. That's why if you are thinking about something hard, a lot of times you will you'll dream about it because your brain is still trying to come up with a way to solve it so that it can move on to the next process. All right? So the first two in this four part of the manifestation process is to get a thought Make that thought something that is exciting enough that challenges you and takes you into a new way of being and then get the motivation. Now, I'm going to tell you a lot of times and it should almost kind of sort of be that way is that when you have a thought, you should immediately get the motivation and get that fire in your bones that gets you passionate about it, gives you that tri- that drive and purpose because now that thought has created a new perception and perspective of your world and the what ifs that you can now have. After that one, then you want to find the joy. Now notice I didn't say anything about happiness. You want to find the joy of doing this. And with joy, joy is a sustainable state of being where you find reward in it. It helps you to feel better about yourself. Have you ever had a situation where there was something that you needed to do and you finally did it? And when you did it, you felt really good about having done it? That's joy. Okay. And so once you have got your thought and you get your motivation, we want you to actually start working on it. Now, there's going to be some stuff that I'm going to add to these four components to help you know how to get started. So don't worry, I got you on that. But once you start working, you want to work in a way that's going to give you sustainable joy. And a way to do that is to make sure that you feed emotions that support your thought and your passion or your motivation. You want to choose emotions. And when I say choose them, choose them and manage them. Don't try to uh, control them or oppress them or force them. Invite those uh, emotions. And when I say invite them, give yourself permission to feel Um, Well, you can feel happy if you want to, but give yourself permission to feel uh, that uh, feel supported, feel like you are on the right track. And another thing you can do in these emotions is you can actually pretend one of the fastest ways to pretend with a good emotion is just start smiling. And the body will respond to the physical action of smiling 
And you couldn't even tell yourself it's going to be fine or not going to be fine to say it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's done. It's working. So once you have your thought, you have your motivation and you have uh, your joyful emotions, then you want to move into uh, and you want to have an abundance of these emotions. I forgot to say that. Then you want to move into the resourcefulness of how these uh, these things are going to work to get you what you want. So let me repeat that. The four step process is you come up with a thought. Then you get motivated. Um, you get your passion and your drive for it. Then you cultivate a um, state of joy that's abundant with good emotions. Good emotions, including emotions of self-belief, self-esteem, self-love. Yes, all of those. Self-confidence, especially. Cultivate those in abundance. And then you look for the resources that you can use that will help you get what you want and use them and you will manifest this. Now, I didn't talk about anything woo-woo. I talked about this four-step process. So now that we've got that done, let's move on to the next part about wisdom. Now, when you're manifesting things, when you're making uh, life-fulfilling things happen, um, it's just not going to fall into your into your lap. You're going to need to engage in something that we call deep education and deep training. Now, deep education and deep training differs from skill acquisition, information, and cheap learning in that the deep education involves turning information and knowledge into wisdom. Um, way back when I was starting this uh, podcast, I think it was like episode number four or something. And actually we're on episode so not, number 95. So that lets you know, I actually talked about this process and it's called, uh, the podcast that I'm referring to is called Information, Knowledge, and Wisdom. And I talked about a little bit about how to make this happen. So let me let me just give it to you real quick. Deep education and training is when you take the skills that you've acquired and the information that you know, and you start taking a personal inventory where you look at what you know, what you think you know, and what you think you don't know. You be very honest with yourself. And what we call this is, is we call this the self-interrogation process. And the reason why you want to do this deep education and deep training is because you're going to be cultivating a list of stuff that you either need to review, you need to learn, or you need to perfect. One of the main reasons why people are not able to make stuff happen in their life is because they don't have a clear understanding of the tools and resources that they are going to need to get the job done. And I am not talking about book learning and smartness. Sometimes I'm, you know, you're going to find that you might need more confidence than you thought. Sometimes you're going to figure out that you don't have the amount or the bandwidth of patience to do it on your own. You're going to need help or support. 
And that brings me to the other part of this. After you've done this self-interrogation, you want to have a transformation that's both internal, external, or emotional and social, meaning that you become the person or you become the person willing to be the person to get what you want. And that comes from first taking your skills and all this kind of stuff, you know, and going through that interrogation process to figure out accurately what you know, what you don't know, and how much you know, and what you need to perfect. All right. Now you might be saying, Michelle, how do I do that? If there is something specific, like you want to create an app and you've never created an app in your life, (laughs) you go, you Google, you start looking at uh, finished product, you do an inversion, look for, you can go to, and I don't want to necessarily tout Reddit, but maybe you find some kind of formal form, forums or things like that. And you look for uh, snags and issues that people had uh, that went before you to learn how to do something. And you look at that honestly and see, am I able to do that? This is a lot of times in deep education and deep training where we become savvy and knowing the who and not the how. Meaning, if I don't know how to do this, I got to figure out who can do it and I've got to figure out how to compensate them for doing it. See, that's way past uh, getting uh, using cheap surface uh, knowledge. I uh, mentioned this book uh, a a little while ago that I absolutely love, and um, I'm going back through it now, and it's called How to Read a Book, and it is a brilliant book that breaks down the different processes by which you read a book and you learn a book, and um, and I, I always stop at that part where he talks about sophomoric knowledge, and that's where a lot of people uh, operate. They operate on a surface knowledge. There are a lot of people out there operating on headline knowledge where they haven't even bothered to even read the uh, summary of the article, let alone an article, you know, Google academic, what, you know, they don't even go into the Google scholar section of Google to actually learn stuff. But when you get into this section of deep education and training, This is how you start to take information and knowledge and turn it into wisdom because wisdom is customized. Wisdom works very well with you, with your particular set of skills, uh, of uh, emotional level and, and, and everything that makes you you. And the, the one way I can tell you this, and you've probably heard this, and if you haven't, this might be new for you and I want to scare you off. But when you are getting into deep education, deep training, and and those transformations that have to happen, when you're asking yourself those real questions to get really honest on what skills level you're in, you need to look at it as dying daily. And what that is for philosophers and all these other people that I've uh, studied under, under, you know, for years and years and years, to die daily means that you learn new things that kill off the old self who could never understand what you know now. You cannot drag skeletons and dead deer along with you. They will drag you down. They will pull you back and you will never be able to make stuff happen if you continue to do that. So going back over. 
we understand our manifestation process. Now we understand the, the need for a deep education and deep training of wisdom to understand what it's going to take to pull off what this great, thoughtful, motivated, joyous resource is going to take for us to achieve it. So then we want to move into the planning stage. Now, again, our minds work by pictures, uh, most of us. And if you're in that rare, rare, rare subset where you can't form pictures, then pretend. Just pretend, okay? Pretend that it's done, you know, with statements. But you want to have a visual plan um, that has pictures. And, and yeah, you can possibly even use symbols that have meaning to you. These can be your whys you want to do it. Maybe it's for your kids, your husband, your wife, your, your significant other, your family. Uh, you want to have your inspirations. Maybe you want to even just get a mascot <laughs> that's going to be, um, uh, that's going to be cheering you on from the sidelines in your mind, you know, a theoretical mascot. Or even if you have mentors and idols that you look up to that inspire you or your beliefs. And I'm going to tell you, with beliefs in your visual plan, you definitely want to make sure that you are willing to tip over every sacred cow and break every belief and rebuild it so that it is the belief that you have at the end of this, because some people's beliefs are the main things keeping them from getting stuff to happen because you don't believe that you can have it because you still have that old mind that only is used to cheap learning and surface knowledge. You have not done your deep education and deep work to interrogate yourself, to truly strip away all of the false ego that would make you think that, oh, this is going to be easy. Because, I mean, come on now, anything worth having, you want to put some, some, some skin in the game, okay? So let's talk about these plans. There are at least two plans, two portions of a plan that I want you to consider when you're trying to make life-fulfilling stuff happen. I want you to have an implementation plan and an execution plan. Now, they're not hard. They're not hard. So your implementation plan is going to be uh, your your strategy. It's going to be your overall, what do I want to change? What do I want to have? What do I want to start, uh, continue, and achieve? And then your execution plan is going to take each one of those things and break it down into actionable parts. So if, for instance, you say in your life-changing plan to make stuff happen, that you are going to um, find a significant other and have a family, your implementation might look like this. I'm going to expand my core of influence by joining these types of organizations where possible people that I would be interested in are going to be. I am going to uh, go back through and update my contacts and strip away all the people that are not in that possible list so that I don't uh, use energy that's, you know, not. Uh, conducive to that. And I'm going to then uh, join this organization or download, uh, well, that's getting into your execution, but I'm going to then make uh, inroads to take action to do X, Y, or Z. Then your execution plan will go back through taking each one of those step one, step two, step three. Okay. 
And then you can have your events. Events are the actual uh, action items that you do. And those should be really short. Uh, They should not have a long chain of command. They should be something as simple as send an email, join a list, uh, make a call. The the events can be very short. So your your implementation is going to be like higher level, uh, like almost like a strategy with a few more details. Then you're going to move down to your execution and then you're going to get your events. Now, I do want to say this in your plan. You want to establish boundaries for yourself, not others, for yourself, because you don't want to dilute your efforts. Your boundaries are going to keep you within a manageable range of accomplishing this thing. And you can also look at it as containers. And in these containers, you can like group and chunk things together. So if you're playing, I mean, come on now, I'm I'm going to be doing this with a conference that I want to put on in the near future. So I'm actually telling you this for, uh, for, for stuff that can be big like that. You know, have your containers where the creep of all the what ifs doesn't get away from you. And also with these boundaries and containers, you'll know what stuff is a who and what stuff is a how for you by doing this. And then make, make sure that you have some simple or basic rules or laws for you that you adhere to that keep you progressing along. I cannot tell you what those are. But trust me, when you start doing this and taking this seriously, they will show up. Um, For me, uh, one of my my simple rules is, you know, when I'm doing this kind of stuff is that I don't I I don't tell everyone that I'm doing it. I keep it close to my chest and I work with only the necessary people that I have to, because for me, if I talk about it a lot, then um, my enthusiasm um, dissipates a little bit and I don't take it as seriously because of the, you know, whatever that weird thing is, is my, in my mind that says, well, you know, you're telling people it's, it's you know, it's kind of done, even though I don't, I don't want to think that consciously, subconsciously that happens. And now that I have interrogated myself and made some transformations, I know that about myself. And that becomes one of my uh, basic rules and laws that I have for myself when I'm working on something. Okay, we got two, a few more. So I want to take the, the last part of this time to give those to you. I want you, and these are more so just kind of like informations for you, okay? So you've, you understand your manifestation process. You understand deep education and deep training uh, as opposed to just simple uh, skills acquisition and uh, cheap learning. Um, you understand that you need to have a plan, make it as visual as possible. And in that plan, you want to have implementation, execution, and possibly even some events. You want to make sure you have your boundaries, your containers, and simple or basic laws or rules. The next thing is, is you want to make sure that you are not ignoring the three planes of existence that have to be shaped, molded, and coerced sometimes to not stand in your way. Those three planes are the earthly plane. And when we talk about the earthly plane, we are talking about um, your your resources, anything tangible, material, um, time, all of those things that are in the everyday. Then interpersonal, that's when we're talking about interaction, interaction with 
people. Uh, that's where your emotional and social intelligence is going to come in. And then this is one that people always seem to overlook if they're if they don't have it in their uh, their sites. And that is the universal plane. And that's the plane where cosmic truths and laws uh, reside. Uh, simple things <laughs> like planting seeds. If you have not uh, already done um, the manifestation process of the thought, the thought is the seed. You have to plant your seed, cultivate it, water it. That's going to be your motivation and your joy and your emotions. And then gathering your tools to uh, harvest it is going to be the resourcefulness that we talked about. So that manifestation process incorporates dealing with all three of these planes, earthly, your, your resources, ma- um, materials, the stuff that is is here in the now, your interpersonal, dealing with other people, uh, dealing uh, with your emotions and all of those things, dealing with your support and then universal, the cosmic truths and laws uh, that happen, what you sow, you reap, uh, making sure that you clear out karmic debt, if you believe in that or whatever it is, doing right by people, um, meeting deadlines, paying people, you know, or, or making sure that you let them know that it might be a struggle, you know, if there's something you need for them to do and bartering with them. And then the last two, real quick, uh, making sure that you use these shortcuts to, to speed up the process. And that is to use the a uh, rule of accumulation. Little becomes much when it becomes consistent. Making sure that you do a little each day to make sure that it grows and compounding. Don't forget that the law of compounding interest is still alive and well to make use of it. And then the last one is to find that one achievable starting action that gets you going. And then you make sure that you don't break the chain and you keep doing something every day to get toward uh, how uh, making stuff happen in your life. So guess what? Yes, my time is up. I sure do want to thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. And I am going to repeat this real quick because I think we need it. Make sure you have your manifestation process, your deep education and training, some type of plan, Uh, Don't forget those three planes of existence. Take advantage of the accumulation and compounding um, things and have an action. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.